This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. Ah, it feels so good to be back hosting the mandatory Samson podcast for the 95th time after a week away from the show. Yes, it does. We got a lot of topics today Indian workers' strike, Syrian refugees, Zico, and even some bees. Look, Joey, I couldn't have said it better. We also have a 2016 update at the end featuring a little bit about the Commander-in-Chief Forum that took place last night. Excited about it? Super excited. Stick around. The Mandatory Samson Podcast, coming to you from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City, the greatest city in the world. Hi, my name is Christopher Flannery. This sexy son of a bitch on my right is Joseph Noe. Oh, thank you, Chris. I can't tell you how happy I am for us to be back. You know what? I feel good. I'm excited. I'm very happy to be back. Thank you for listening to the program, Samsonites, new Samsonites and old. Welcome. Uh, We're also being produced for the first time today by... My man, Matt, he's joining us in studio. You want to just say hi to the people quick? Hello. There you go. Matt's a sweetie. Thank you, Matt. He's gonna, he'll get more comfortable on the mic. I have a feeling we'll, we'll drag a little, uh, you know, whatever, oomph out of him as we go along here. Welcome back to the Mandatory Samson Podcast. We have a lot to get into this week, Joey, obviously after being off for a whole week. Bunch of quick hits off the top. We got some updates in the middle and a 2016 update at the end. Yes, I do have one clip from the Commander-in-Chief forum that took place last night. Yes. Uh, I was not in... Well, I'm not going to get into all my whole yeah. thoughts about it. We can talk about it later. But I do have a Trump clip. We'll talk a little bit about Hillary, and we'll get into that at the end of the show. In the 2016 update, plus we're going to talk about Apple's Irish tax situation. Uh, piece of garbage, Brock Turner is home. We're going to talk about that. Um, and we will close with an email, time permitting. Kyle sent an email a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I don't know how long this episode's going to be, honestly. We'll see how we feel at the end, but I promise, Kyle, we're going to get to your email eventually, okay? But it might be today, it might not. We'll see. That's a promise. It is a promise. Before any of that, we're going to start with a quick email clarification from Evan. You guys who are avid listeners of the program, you will know what this is a clarification about. Uh, it was about the Bill Nye quote. Okay. Remember, we, uh, we we read it, we answered it, but I was like, ah, I'm not really sure what his point is. He, he sent in an email just to be like, hey, mm-hmm. this is what I was trying to say, and then we can get on with the rest of the show. Uh, hey, Chris, just as a follow-up to when I emailed about the Bill Nye quote. Oh, he wrote Billy Nye, like they're buddies. The Billy Nye quote, I didn't word my email as well as I should have to clarify what I meant. I don't mean that they, uh, that the we're all one human race statement is necessarily a conservative viewpoint, but it seems to be hated on by the far left and black lives matter, which surprises me now. So it used to be disagreed with by the far right. And now it's disagreed with by the far left, which, in- which includes black lives matter, especially if a black celebrity says something to that effect, they get lauded by conservative outlets and hated by liberal outlets. I get what he said. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of recent comments on the whole national anthem brouhaha by black athletes is an example. Good job on the podcast. And thank you for being an old lefty, but not a PC bro asshole. Evan, thank you. I take that Aww. as a very high compliment. Um, we were kind of discussing this before the show, whether mm-hmm. it was going to come up or not, but he, I, I forgot that it was in the email. Yep. Kaepernick. You want to talk about it a little bit at the top of the show? Uh, I think we did miss it. Yes. 
I just think he's doing what he can as a human being to shed some light on sensitive issues. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I let, let me tell you this. Mm-hmm. Good for you. I have there. You cannot understand the fundamentals of this country, and then also say he can't do it. You cannot like it. That's fine. But to say that he shouldn't be doing it or it's wrong. No, he's completely entitled to do it. And this came up actually on the, uh, the J train podcast, mm-hmm. which is out right now. If you're hearing this, uh, which we just recorded before we started recording here and we got into it a little bit on there, but the fucking, the national anthem thing, this country is founded on rebellion and standing up for what's right. Even if that's not the popular thing, you, you might have to go to war over it, mm-hmm. right? The revolutionary yes. war. Okay. Some people believe, however, there's another school of thought out there that uh, he's doing it for the attention because he might not be. He is doing it for the, the, that's what, the starting that, QB. No, well, that's insane. Why would this help him become the starting quarterback? I don't know. Just, I'm um, just saying. But just he's saying. certainly doing it for the attention. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what a protest is. Obviously, yes. that's why. Yes, you're correct. That is why he's doing it. This is Colin Kaepernick's quote. Okay. I am not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. There are bodies in the street and people getting paid leave and getting away with murder. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't disagree with them on that. He's right. And I've also seen a lot of people go, he makes millions of dollars. What, how is he being affected by because as a black dude in America, it doesn't matter. When you get pulled over by the cops, it doesn't fucking matter how much money you have in your bank account. No. Nope. You better be worried that you're just a black dude with a cop now. And that's even more valid a point for him to be doing. This. Because also you have to keep in mind that every cop doesn't watch football. Oh, absolutely. Not every cop watches football. Absolutely. Uh, meanwhile, I brought this up actually on the J train thing when it came up and you were sitting in here. I was annoyed afterward because I said uh, the... The Star Spangled Banner. Are oh, you going to fix it here? Yeah, I'm going to fix it here. And then okay, I'll probably, okay. that's fine. We're the, fixing in post. So if you listen to the J Train podcast, you know what I'm talking about. Otherwise, this was the point I was going to bring up anyway. The Star Spangled Banner, written by Francis Scott Key, is a poem, mm-hmm. okay, that we turned into a song. It was written during and after the War of 1812. The War of 1812 uh, was between the British. The British were involved with the United States. The British had a strategy yeah. on how to defeat the Americans in that war. And you know how they did it? They got free slaves. They freed the slaves, mm-hmm. armed them, and promised that if they, the war didn't go, you know, if it went the right way, they would not bring them back to their masters, and they would just allow them to be free people at that point. Mm. So the third verse of Francis Scott Key's The Star-Spangled Banner goes like this. No refuge could save the hiring, hireling and slave from the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave, and the star-spangled banner in triumph doth wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave. Francis Scott Key's poem, that verse, yeah. is saying uh, it's, it's negative against the British that allowed people to be free. He viewed that as a, a problem, and he's saying these, these freed slaves, they can't escape the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave. He wanted them to be killed for being free. Yes. Okay? Not so, a good guy. No, well, it doesn't mean not a good guy, but it just, we, it, even, it makes more sense <laughs> that he shouldn't, if he's protesting against the treatment of black people and people of color in this country, he shouldn't stand for the national anthem, which is just a symbolic Gesture. thing. It doesn't yes. mean he hates the troops. It doesn't mean he hates the country. And this is the country that supposedly, and the troops are supposedly fighting for a country that allows him to do this that. very thing to happen. So stop being crazy. I also have a thing about Sarah Palin. Good. All right. Before the Sarah Palin thing, do you know who has the number one selling jersey right now? 
Colin Kaepernick. Yes. Yeah, and do you know what he's doing? What? He's donating all, all his proceeds to uh, charities. Oh, yeah. I did know that. Right. So what is this guy doing that's so horrific? He's putting his money where his mouth is, which mm-hmm. very fucking few people do in his position. He doesn't have to donate. all. You know how much money he's making from selling those jerseys? How much does an NFL jersey go for? I couldn't tell you. But, Can't so, afford one. Matt, you want to Google it? How much is it like just an average? Just any. Tell me how much a Colin Kaepernick like jersey from the NFL store goes for. Meanwhile, Sarah Palin tweeted an article uh, yesterday. We'll get into the rest of the show. Look, oh, by the way, this mm-hmm. is going to be a long episode. Just letting you know. Yeah, the we've fans, want, the fans love good. longness. No, I, I know they do. Um, the, Sarah Palin tweeted an article that says her son was running late for school. Then he heard the Pledge of Allegiance. And so this ma, this kid's late for school. Here's the Pledge of Allegiance being pl- played. So he stops outside the school, bows his head, and like acknowledges that it's you know playing. Are you kidding me? And Sarah Palin goes, "Mom, you're doing right by your son and all of America, instilling respect for the flag. Thank you for this." And I wrote my tweet at Man Samp, by the way. Yeah, to her. S- no, yeah, well, I quoted her tweet. And I wrote, "Yep, okay. symbolism certainly does matter more than substance." Thanks for summing up Republican orthodoxy in one tweet, Sarah Palin. So they'd rather this kid show reverence for a, a stupid song that literally doesn't mean anything. It's meaningless. It's just symbolic of, you know, whatever Patriot, whatever you want to put into it. But she'd rather he miss school, <laughs> like learn something. Uh, than he's going to pre- be a little late. It's okay. Uh, obviously. Uh, but you, you understand what I'm saying? It's just, it's just stupid. Matt, what do you got? How much does the jersey cost? Uh, on NFL.com, the jersey is uh, 99 bucks right now. Okay, so 100 bucks, bucks for a Colin Kaepernick jersey. I bet he hasn't sold just like eight of them. right? Yeah. This guy's donating hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not more, yeah. to charities instead of just pocketing it. So good for him. I greatly respect him. I'm reading today, and I'm not a big cop, Colin Kaepernick. Colin, what is his name? Colin Kaepernick? Yes. Uh, Colin. Colin, I'm not a huge Colin Kaepernick, Kaepernick. fan before all this. Guess what? You are now. Big fan now. Uh, I'm also reading that the Seahawks are considering a team-wide sit-down during the anthem, which... Oh, they would totally do that, the Seahawks. Uh, 100%. And that's Sherman team, loves attention. Well, he's a, a very, very intelligent guy. That's yes, a thoughtful team. Um, they are a team, and good for them. I hope they do that. Pete Carroll, their coach, he doesn't. he's a 9-11 conspiracy theorist, that guy. So he's more than happy huh. to let them sit for the anthem. So, all right, this thing is just starting. I want to see all the, I want to see us not, let's not even play the anthem anymore. Let's just play Drake songs before <laughs> war games. That's what I want to see happen. Anyone but Drake. Why, Joey? I, I don't well, like Drake Canadian, that much. Well, he's Canadian. It would really that be too. your, uh, your response out? there. Yeah, yeah, we should just play, you know, whatever, Bruce Springsteen songs. Oh. Born in the USA before every song, <laughs> before every game. Uh, all right. You ready to get into some shit here? Yes. I feel like we're off to a great start. I, I do feel good to be back here, Joey. Yeah, feels great. I, in you know, the studio, you got the lights on. We're back in the OG studio. Yeah, feels good. The air conditioning's been running for three days, so that's nice. Um, I didn't hook up the HDMI cable to the TV, so you're not going to be able to see the clips I play later. But it is it's audio, though. Yeah, I got it's, it. It's audio. I, I haven't talked to you really since I've been away. How you doing? I'm doing well. How was Vegas? You know what? It was a lot of fun. Nice. I wasn't there for any, you know, UFC related stuff. We just, it was planned before the UFC stuff even went down. So we were just there, had a nice time, ate, saw Love, the Beatles, Cirque du Soleil, mm-hmm. wonderful. Uh, so I went to the Hoover Dam. That was mind blowing, that whole thing. Highs balls out there. It's huge, right? Yeah, it's not just huge. It's just incredible. The, the, you see, like, if it was up to me, uh-huh. there's no Hoover Dam. 
the the thought that it takes to build that thing, the engineering feat that it is. It's in Nevada and Arizona, so I went to Arizona also. You just crossed the border there. Isn't Arizona one of those states where it's like four states at one, like the four corners or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I believe so. But anyway, <laughs> Matt's looking it up. Everybody that's listening is like, oh, this idiot doesn't know anything about geography, but we trust him to tell us stuff about politics. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was nice. The, the Hoover Dam's incredible. Oh, because you brought it up. I'm going to bring it up now. They got Gary Johnson this morning. Yes, yes. I don't have... Uh, I could probably pull the clip up, actually. Why don't you... Yeah, let me say this. Is that true about the Four Corners thing, Arizona, or no? Uh, so it's Arizona, Colorado, Utah, and... Uh, New Mexico. Nailed Damn right. It. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Thank you, fifth grade. Let me try to find the clip. Believe me, I have a whole show run down here, but yeah, yeah some yeah, of this yeah. stuff happened in, in the last day or two, so we'll talk about it. Uh, why don't you just let everybody know what the fuck happened, and I'll try to find the clip of it, because fr- folks, Gary Johnson's campaign just crashed. Over today. Yes. It's done. Uh, it turned out that one of the MSNBC commentators it was asked on Morning him, Joe. Yeah. On Morning Joe. Asked him what his plan for now how do we pronounce this Apollo? Aleppo. Aleppo would be. Yeah, don't say any more about it. Let me let me just say, hold on. I gotta try to find the clip because it's terrible. Look, Aleppo. Oh yeah, good. You start typing in Gary Johnson. It's Gary Johnson Aleppo. Look, we've talked about Well, wow, Syri- that kind of came up just like that. Yeah. Oh, it's over. We it's So how is he supposed to make 15%? Well, let, me, let me let me finish what I'm saying. There's a zero the, it's oh, it is over. I'm not being like sarcastic. There that there's no chance that he comes back from this because he had to be letter perfect already because yes. nobody knows who the fuck he is. The percentages that he was getting is just people that you know are really like probably diehard libertarians or whatever. He's attracting sort of this independent base, but there's no way he escapes this no, because he's done. this is the only thing that anybody that hears about him now is going to hear about they're not going to give a shit what his policies are and whatever and also let's be honest it is disqualifying for a guy running for president to not know what aleppo is we talk about syria on this podcast all the time we talk about the yeah problems i, I there. have to admit though i i don't recall seeing aleppo though well but we have referred to it because manbij is like the smaller city Aleppo's the main the like ma- center the main capital it, right? well it's, i don't know if it's officially the capital but it's one of the bigger cities if not the biggest cities in syria yeah that's where a lot of the deaths are taking place that's where a lot of the refugees are coming from and that's where you know rebels would have to take in order to retake the whole co- so it's just a huge strategic place in syria and if you're running for president you have to know that you have to just know basic facts about Aleppo. so I think I found But here's my question. Sure. Before you play that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that question wasn't asked last night, was it? To either candidate. Oh, let's not get into the... Well, no, I think they did bring up Syria, honestly. Okay. If, if I'm recalling... Well, you didn't watch it, so what I the fuck did not. do you know? So, but I, I'm pretty sure they did bring up certain aspects. We'll get into that at the okay. end. That, that whole thing was a goddamn mess, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. So this is Gary John... I don't know if an ad's going to play, but I'll mute it if it does. This is Gary Johnson on Morning Joe, which is a popular i guess morning show on which i used to watch i don't know why i'm acting like i don't know what it is but it's a morning show on msnbc when you used by, to watch it did did you watch the whole thing or would you watch like an hour of it well i mean if we're gonna get like personal into uh you know my backstory what yeah, i used yeah. to do is i With used a cup to of coffee. well i i was basically nocturnal at one point in my life uh d- different days uh-huh. but um you know i'd be up at whatever four or five six in the morning i'd watch it for a few hours or i'd dvr it and just watch it like later, Catch you know, when there's it. nothing going on on TV, but uh, immaterial. The show is hosted by Joe Scarborough, a former Republican congressman, and um, Mika Brzezinski, who, if I do say so myself, 
pretty milfy. Uh, <laughs> she, so anyway, so they host it, but they're not there, I don't think. Mike Barnacle used to write, I believe, for the Boston Herald or the Boston Globe or whatever, and Willie Geister there, and they ask the question. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the end. This is what the end of a campaign looks like. Ready? Is this almost as bad as the other ending? Uh, Which one? Ugh. I think it was the Rick Perry one where he said he had four, three things and he could oh, only yeah. name one. Well, that was pretty. This is <laughs> this is probably this is more uncomfortable. I think this has a worse ending than Titanic. All right, here we go. Would you do if you were elected about Aleppo? About Aleppo. And what is Aleppo? You're kidding. No. Aleppo is in Syria. It's the uh, it's the epicenter. Of the refugee crisis. Okay, got it. Got it. Okay. Well, Oof. Yep, that's we'll it. finish it, but like, oh my God. What is a lab? And then he goes, you're kidding, right? Like, you, you're you running for president. president. You can't. Yeah. yeah, it's bad. But let's be honest. Before today, did tr- could Trump answer this question? I, I think Trump would have had the same response. Well, no, because Trump would have never said, what is Aleppo? He would have just pretended like he knew. Yeah, but it's hard to play along. With, like they're asking oh, the him that was a what clip. he's going to do to resolve the issue. Oh, so virtually you're saying Trump would just skate the whole. He'd question. just say something about Syria. It's a disaster. Hillary made it happen. The Obama administration. Yep. The generals don't yep. like it. The canned need, response. It's a disaster over there. This is we need to do something, and we need to do something quick. It is a mess there, and then he just doesn't answer. The, but Mr. Trump, what would you do? Well, look, I, I wouldn't do what Barack Obama did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just Hillary bad. Obama bad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ready? Mm-hmm. So this is something that. So meanwhile, Bon Voyage, uh, Gary Johnson. This is something that came up over the weekend or whatever, the last few days, that got literally zero coverage on U.S. cable news. Sounds about right. Let's, let's hit it up. Last Friday, somewhere in the vicinity of 150 million public sector Indian workers went on a day-long strike protesting Prime Minister Narendra Modi's push for greater privatization of the Indian economy the one big issue they were looking for the minimum wage they wanted hiked from 96 american dollars a month okay okay obviously they are in rupees but we're saying 96 dollars a month they wanted to raise the 271 a month that didn't happen 151 150 million that's an estimate okay it could be anywhere between let's say 100 to 180 million right but that's a shitload of people yeah it is it's one of the biggest protests in the history of humankind and not even mentioned not even mentioned the strike was not covered on U.S. cable news. And Monday was Labor Day, by the way, which is not cute. Yeah, it's supposed they, to celebrate, right? Well, it's supposed to. Yeah, it's workers' rights. Yeah. That's what Labor Day is about. The convenient. It's always convenient. Raman Pandi, or Pandi, who's an Indian National Trade Union Congress member, says, this strike is against the central government. This strike is for the cause of the working people. Our strike will be 100% successful. We will prove that this strike is the world's largest ever. The interesting thing... Uncovered. Yes. The the interesting thing, though, is the uh, the jobs that were associated with the uh, with the strikes, such as school teachers took part, minors, postal workers, construction workers. Oh, the back. So it was society. everybody. Yeah. Oh, they, they they shut it down. Banks were closed. Schools were closed. Everything closed. Yeah. yeah. hundred. Think about that. I mean, obviously, there's billions of people. I guess you know, uh, in India or whatever, mm-hmm. maybe a billion people. But 
Yeah, that's a ton of people. And that's the entire, that's the working class of the country just being like, yeah, we're not going to work today. You have to acknowledge what we're doing. And actually, and good for them, by the way, because the privatization, which is something we're going to get into a little bit later with some yeah. other topics. Yeah, that's, that is going to be a huge problem for them. And I, I was actually talking to Matt about this issue before the podcast. Matt, producer Matt? Yeah, producer Matt over here. And he had mentioned the only time we can get that many people, 100 million people, to do anything in this country is to watch the Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely. Well, you get you get maybe a hundred million to vote, right? And then you yeah. get more to watch the Super Bowl. Absolutely, one hundred percent. All right. So anyway, I just want to put that out there. If you guys want to do a little extra reading about it, Al Jazeera's covered it a lot. You know, a lot. Yeah. Of, obviously, a lot of different places, just not our cable news. Do you happen to recall how much longer they have before they're totally done? What, what do you mean? I, I, isn't Al Jazeera shutting down? I thought Al Jazeera America. Oh, oh, it's just the Meowco division yeah. of it? Oh, yeah. okay. But they still have U.S. news on, like, the English version of the Al Jazeera, you know, website. Oh, like the, okay. Okay. Um, Syrian refugees numbers. This is something I wanted to get into mm-hmm. because, th- obviously, this is a huge, huge issue that, that comes up all the time. Particularly people on the right lob the grenade at Hillary where apparently she said that she wanted to bring in 60,000 refugees or something like that, uh, which, let's be honest, she's not going to do. I have like actual. You do realize here. any number she picked is wrong. No, of course, but but here's some numbers, and let's just like look okay. at the facts here. The White House announced Monday that the U.S. will have admitted ten thousand Syrian refugees by the end of October in five years. It's pretty good since the brutal civil war started in Syria. No, it's mm-hmm. a terrible number. Okay, it's a very small number, ten thousand. Yeah, but when you don't want the refugees, it's a it's a good number. Yeah. Only 1,300, 1,300 have been admitted by April of this year. So wow. we can pretend that we have this like refugee crisis and blah, 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 which it is, but it's not in America. We've no. let in 1,000 people. There's kids getting murdered. Did you see the, the, the poor kid in the ambulance? Did you see that whole thing? I, I chose not to watch it. I, yeah. It's... It, it, it breaks my heart. Yes, it's tragic to watch. If for people that haven't seen it, if you want to check it out, it's it's all over. If you, I believe, if you search for like "ambulance boy Syria," it'll come up. But it's one of these situations. I believe took place in Aleppo. <laughs> Gary Johnson, mm-hmm. just so you know, uh, I, I, I don't quote me on that. But anyway, but there, it's a video of this kid. He's sitting in the back of an ambulance. He's covered in dust, like just yeah. ash and dust. There was a bombing. Um, his family's dead. He's in the back of an ambulance and he's so shocked that he's just expressionless. He looks at his arm and there's blood all over it and he doesn't even react. He's just stuck. His entire world is just turned upside down. Um, These are the people that are the refugees. Yes. And those are the people that we're worried are going to blow up our country. We're that fragile. Well, let me tell you about these other countries that aren't that fragile. Germany has taken in 300,000 Syrian refugees this year. That's impressive. They took in 500,000 last year. That's almost a million fucking refugees. France, 30,000 over the next two years. Canada, 30,000 since November. They have 30,000 already up in Canada? Yep. Wow. Do they, are they getting attacked? Are they getting blown up by nope. these people? No. France is almost a million people. Although people argue now Merkel lost a vote, possibly because of the immigration, the refugee thing, but they're not being attacked. Okay. There might be disagreements about what to do with these people, but they've brought in almost a million and no- nothing's happened <laughs> there. Oxfam yes. says that the U.S. is doing 7% of its, quote, fair share, both based on our economic size and our population. 
Seven percent. Yeah. The rest of the world is picking up the slack for the greatest country in the world. We're too afraid to let Syrian children into this country. Let them sit there in their ambulances covered in dust and shocked by the death of their family members. <sighs> Fuck them. But then we're going to pay lip service to the idea of, of building safe zones in Syria. Get mm-hmm. the fuck out of here. You're insane. Yeah. So, okay, that shit I want to bring up. So when people actually want to talk about this, you go, well, actually, we've only allowed 10,000 Syrian refugees into this country in five years, 1,300 of which have actually made it into the country. The rest are still embroiled in the vetting process, the process that doesn't exist, supposedly. They are doing that. And these other countries that we shit on are actually doing a much better thing for the world uh, than we are. Also, the other thing that gets lost in uh, translation and all this, yep. nine out of 10 of those people in Syria live in poverty. Nine out of 10. Oh, 40% of kids are going to school or something like that. Only yeah. 40%. So that's 60% of that country is not getting an education whatsoever at a, a young age. Well, how do you think that's going to play into the state of the world 50 years from now? Not good because you can't even rebuild that country can't because re- no one's educated. Can't rebuild it. You are not going to be able to have a job then. And then what do we see always? What do we see happen there? People that don't have an education, people that are left by the wayside, they end up being attracted to dangerous ideologies. So, And you got a place to blame somewhere. Absolutely, yeah. So, okay, but fine. Let's pretend that that's not an issue. Because, you know, America wasn't good enough to take anybody in. Well, sure, right. Do you think you think that goes unnoticed? Like the greatest country in the world, this like shining city on a hill of milk and honey. Yeah, exactly. We can't. We cannot help you. Nope. Sorry, we're scared of you. We would help, but we're scared. Yeah. That. Yeah. That sounds like a home of the brave. Yep. Uh. All right. Zika, Joey, and bees. We're gonna get into this whole thing. I got a clip here. But I'm gonna like reveal the story as we go. Okay. All right. This is Mitch McConnell on the floor of whatever, the Senate, I guess, talking about the failure to pass Zika legislation, right? Now, is this from seven weeks ago or well, is this from no, today? No, this is from day, yesterday. Or okay. Congress just returned after a seven-week recess, yeah. right? They were on their little vacay. Good. Clear your heads. Come back. Could not pass Zika legislation. We're going to get into the whole deal in a minute, but this is Mitch McConnell talking, and then we'll explain well, huh? It's interesting that he would say this. All right. I'm just gonna say he's really good at placing blame. God damn it, Joey! You, you, you. D- <laughs> ah, all right, here we go. This is Mitch McConnell. It's hard to explain why, despite their own calls for funding, Senate Democrats decided to block a bill that would keep pregnant women and babies safer from Zika. Our colleagues across the aisle can point to a series of partisan excuses, but the bottom line is this: there's no good explanation for blocking these public health. And national security funding bills. Funding bills. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Mitch McConnell's like, the, the Democrats Turn, voted it down. They didn't want to vote for this. No. I don't know why. They have no excuse why they wouldn't have voted oh, for this. They have an excuse. It wasn't enough money. Well, there's a couple of different reasons. So we're going to get into it. All right. So that's McConnell saying that. Now, by the way, 52 senators no. 46 said yes, and I guess two were just an absentia, so who knows what they were doing. But again, because of the supermajority, not supermajority, the um, filibuster-proof thing, you need 60 votes for a yes in the United States Senate, not 51, which is actually a majority because there's only 100 senators, but okie doke. The Senate did pass a $1.1 billion bipartisan bill to fund Zika efforts, which was about $800 million less than the Democrats wanted. All right, so... Mm-hmm. That's to your point. 
So, okay, the Democrats can't compromise? They couldn't compromise? Oh, well, here's why they wouldn't do that. Republicans added provisions going after Planned Parenthood and the Clean Water Act, Obamacare cuts, and to pressure the right to to preserve the right to fly the Confederate flag. So... Hey, Bought Mitch, that for Zika? That, that's impressive. Hey, Mitch McConnell. That's impressive. You fucking hypocrite piece of shit animal. Don't be calling him Mitch li- McConnell. No, I would like to see Mitch McConnell die on the floor. Oh, my God. I would. It's don't positive vibes. Don't stand. I'm positive as could be. Don't stand in front of me and a camera and tell me that the Democrats are not protecting pregnant women from Zika. You know fucking goddamn well why they voted against it. And it's because your goddamn party bloated the bill mm-hmm. with lard about Planned Parenthood and Obamacare and whatever. So don't sit up there, you fucking garbage man, and pretend that you're somehow acting in everybody's best interest. You, What you did was you compromised the Democrats down to a lesser bill, to lesser money than they wanted to spend and probably lesser money than actually needs to be spent to keep this thing from becoming a fucking epidemic. And then... You put all this shit in the bill, so they had to vote against it. Yep. And then you have the Democrats on record as voting against the Zika bill, and so you can sit up there and grandstand. Fuck you. And That's the epitome of what's wrong with this country. And then on top of that, they have to figure this out by September 30th, or you're facing another government shutdown. They'll figure it out. And it's the Democrats this time who are not able to find a solution, so there wouldn't be a shutdown. Yeah, there's not going to be a shutdown. Well, if that shit wasn't in there, the Democrats would have compromised at a billion dollar or whatever. Yeah. Zeke or fun. But okay. Meanwhile, nearly 2.5 million bees have been killed in South Carolina after local officials sprayed neurotoxin NALED, I believe, N-A-L-E-D, to combat Zika mosquitoes. Bees and other pollinators contribute $29 billion to farm income around the United States, Joey. 36 people in South Carolina have been infected by Zika. 36 people infected, 2.5 million bees dead. $29 billion at stake. However, the the main issue with that, though, is apparently the uh, the bee farm that was there didn't register with the state. So maybe the state wasn't too... They're indiscriminately spraying this shit. And okay. they can, you know what I mean? Like, we know, we've seen this goddamn story before. You yes. know what they're doing. Yeah, it kills everything. Yeah. So they're just indiscriminate. You know, in, in big enough doses, it'll kill mammals. It'll kill deer. It'll kill humans, probably, mm. if you spray it long enough. But it's certainly going to kill mosquitoes and bees and all this shit. It's, going to, it's just a blanket thing that they're spraying out there. May I uh, give you a nice quote, uh, a quote I found very fascinating from a beekeeper that spoke on anonymity? <laughs> on... A- Anonymity, <laughs> on condition of anonymity. Yeah, anonymity. Yes, f- sure. Go for it, Jerry. It will all have to begin with reestablishing healthy soil that will nourish a healthy plant population that will nourish healthy populations, whether it be honeybee or deer. So this is devastating. Oh, this gets into the the soil. Yes. Yeah. Well, gets into everything. Well, that's a big. You know, that's a bigger. Well, definitely, right? I mean, that's that's an issue. Beyond that, that's a problem with our factory farming. We've ruined a lot of the soil. Yes. And that's why you can't, you know, why you can't regrow crops in certain areas because we've just taken all the nutrients out because we've over-farmed and overfished and over-fucking-whatever uh, sprayed nailed to kill the bees. And there was another quote from the North American Butterfly Association. Sure. It kills Gay, everything. Gay, cancel it in a Trump administration. 
no, we don't have time for something so pansy-like. Butterflies are beautiful. Yeah, of anyway, course. I'm joking. It, I'm, I'm channeling. It kills everything. There's no question. It is highly, highly uh-huh. deterrous to butterflies and other anthropods. Sure. Oh, so it's just going to kill b- butterflies as well. Yeah. It's well, that's the problem. I mean, this is the thing. Yes, Zika is a problem. No, no question about it. The biggest, the bigger issue, though, is if we're killing that, but killing everything else in its wake, well, you've got a 10-year, 15-year, 20-year problem now on your hands. If the bees disappear, if pollinators disappear, we're dead very quickly. Because there's, n- unless Monsanto is going to create a, a, a robot bee, which they I'm sure they're working on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not going to be able to have uh, agriculture business. It's just not going to happen. You can't affect every action we take in an ecosystem affects the ecosystem. There's no free lunch in this whole thing. You subtract deer, there's more wolves. You add more wolves, there's less deer. Yes, like, the sucker of life. Yeah, it's how it works. There's an ecosystem, there's a balance, and we're at a balance in pretty much everything we do in this country. Not, not only that, it, too... Uh, U.S. the U.S. bees and other insects yeah. as, count account for twenty nine billion. I said I said that minutes okay. ago. All right. God damn it! You're not even listening to me. How could I not with that sexy voice of yours? Oh, hey Joey. Uh, yeah. No, I know it's a, it's a crazy situation. Look, Zika's ruining my life in a lot of ways. I, I we're probably not even going to go on a honeymoon because everywhere we wanted to go is fucking Zika mosquitoes and shit. I'm not risking that. I don't say that. It's not worth it. No, I, that's the truth. We're not, go, we're not going. Uh, the only option we have is Hawaii, but it's like, that's so expensive. I don't think we're going to do it. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. All right. So I don't like Zika either. It's terrible, but we, we had, you have to combat it in a, in a reasonable way. You can't just blanket spray areas and kill all the bees and whatever. You're, you're ruining the, the whole, the whole system. Yeah, the whole environment. All right. Any final thoughts about that? No, we're good. Gretchen Carlson, Joey. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. She did it. She did do it. You go, girl. Fox News, according to multiple sources, has agreed on Roger Ailes' behalf to a $20 million settlement with former anchor Gretchen Carlson. Ailes, mind you, received a rumored $40 million upon stepping down as chairman of Fox News. Do we see any problem with that? That he's getting paid more? Yes. I mean, you know, look, the obvious thing is that the victim got 20 and the perpetrator got 40, but the victim got 20. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's a shitload of money for her to get. So that's fine. In my opinion, if you want to sexually, sexually arouse me for 10 years, yeah, I'll take 20 million for that. That's a good trade off. I would too. Um, you know, that's not the point. Obviously I'm being Mm -hmm. a little glib about the whole thing, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the problem is that this guy failed upwards, you know, but a lot of people do that. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is, but she got, and listen to this Fox issued an apology, which is very extremely what? rare. 21st century Fox says this 21st, 21st century Fox is pleased to announce that it has settled Gretchen Carlson's lawsuit during her tenure at Fox news. Gretchen exhibited the highest standards of journalism and professionalism. She developed a loyal audience and was a daily source of information for many Americans regardless of how true or false that information was. I added that. We are proud that she was part of the, <laughs> We are proud that she was part of the Fox News team. We sincerely regret and apologize for the fact that Gretchen was not treated with the respect and dignity that she and all of our colleagues deserve. So that's interesting that that comes out. And there you go. By the way, mm-hmm. Ailes is going to come up a little bit later in this uh, episode. Something I read, I, I can't 
I saw it in a couple of different sources. I don't know how true it is. Uh-oh. We're going to talk about it in the 2016 update. <laughs> Mind blower if this one is, it turns out to be true. Really? Oh, yeah. Big one. Oh, my God. I uh, can't wait. Yeah. No, it's called a tease. Uh, you teased right. me up, bro. Yeah, bro. Joey's so hard. Are you ready to get into this Apple tax bill thing? Yeah. This is a lot of money at stake. Well, what you tell me. what? Because... Before we even get into the whole thing, I had to do a lot of reading about it. I'm not up on fucking Irish tax codes and things like that. So, but I, I wrapped my head around the general idea. If people that are listening, if the Samsonites have something they'd like to chime in with this, please feel free. Send me an email or comment on the SoundCloud. Yeah, especially me, if you're from Ireland, that would help a yes, lot. Yes, that would be terrific. Or if you're just from the United, you know, you're from the UK, whatever, or the European Union, get get in touch. Um, but we'll get into the story a little bit. But what do you know about it, Joe? Uh, virtually, Ireland is supposed to get fourteen point six. No, 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 you're just now you're just stepping on my toes. I'm saying, what did you hear? Like, wh- okay, well, whatever. I guess I got a tax vision. I, I, uh, I didn't know what you I'm wanted. I'm sorry. Bro. Yeah, I'm sorry. I probably set that up weird. Last Tuesday, Apple was presented with a fourteen point five billion dollar order to repay Ireland back taxes. Nice. After, after the European Commissioner of Competition, Marguerite Vestager ruled that a tax deal between Apple and the Irish tax authority was illegal state aid, which violates European Union commission rules. Ooh. I, uh, I do have a question about this. Okay. There, I have more on it. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. It's about uh, profits in general. Okay. Um, they were trying to figure out if Ireland were to get the money, what mm-hmm. they could do with it. Right. And I and a bunch of them, the Irish campaigners wanted to use it for public housing. Yeah, well, it's a lot. I mean, for for they, I don't, they probably have enough to go around. Okay, for public housing. So, I'm just saying they yeah, probably could pay for public housing, some other public works projects, whatever. There's a lot of money at stake so, there. Yes, which I think is a fantastic idea. Sure, I I like the fact of public housing. I I think there should be public housing everywhere. Right. What my question is, should a corporation or any individual be able to do what Apple does to begin with, with setting up a corporate headquarters in another country and having that one country rip the benefits. Meanwhile, resources and labor are coming from another country that are not uh, getting any yeah, benefit, of, benefit the, of, that, right. of the business. Well, absolutely. And that's really what the question is and why there's two sides of this argument in Ireland and outside of Ireland. To your point, most of the sales are not in the European market. They're in the United States. Cupertino is where Apple is actually headquartered. But Ireland uh, had a tax arrangement between 1991 and 2015 where they were allowed the company to attribute sales to a, quote, head office only existing on paper in Ireland, which could not have generated the huge profits, yeah. obviously, that Apple is generating. Um the commission stated, now listen to this, that Apple paid a maximum of 1% in taxes at any point during this deal. 2014, they paid a 0.005% taxes. Okay? Not even 1%. Not even close to 1%. That's ridiculous. Not even a tenth of a percent. The usual corporate tax rate in Ireland is 12.5%. Now, Ireland is in a weird position because 
Well, I have a, let's read these quotes because yeah. it'll just illuminate the whole thing. Mar the Marguerite Vestager, the European Com Competition Commissioner, says member states cannot give tax benefits to selected companies. This is illegal under European Union state aid rules. The commission's investigation in concluded that Ireland granted illegal tax benefits to Apple, which enabled it to pay substantially less tax than other businesses over many years. Mm. Tim Cook, who's the Apple CEO, he says beyond the obvious targeting of Apple, the most profound and harmful effect of this ruling will be on investment and job creation in Europe. Using the commission's theory, every company in Ireland and across Europe is suddenly at risk of being subjected to taxes under laws that never existed. Well, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's, but that's, the, that's the, the rub. So because Michael Noonan, who's Ireland's finance minister, says, this decision leaves me with no choice but to seek cabinet approval to appeal. This is necessary to, to defend the integrity of our taxism, uh, tax system to provide tax certainty to business and to challenge the encroachment of European Union state aid rules into the sovereign member state competence of taxation. So essentially what he's saying is, listen, if you, we have to appeal that we don't want the 14 billion because if we take the 14 billion, then we lose everything else. It's penny wise and dollar foolish. We're going to get this one time hit of 14 billion, but then all these other corporations that were considering coming over here and having a in name only head office in Ireland, won't be coming here anymore. And that's what they're really worried about. But what I can't wrap my head around with all this, though, sure. is what about the countries where the labor is coming from yep. and the materials for the iPhone, they're not reaping any of the benefits? Well, they're getting... I mean, look, they're, somebody... Here's the thing. Somebody is. Because let's... The shit's being built in China. Mm -hmm. And it's not just Apple, but the, the Apple products are being built in China. The minerals and all the battery materials and things like that are being dug out of the ground in Africa and then sent to China to be put into the phones. Mm -hmm. So somewhere along the line, those workers are being paid. They're being paid like slave Shit. wages. Yeah. They're being paid nothing. But the corp, like the groups that then employ those workers are, are reaping the benefits. Somebody's getting paid along the chain, but it benefits Apple to do it this way because they're paying less people. They're essentially yeah. just paying like a Chinese, like Foxconn or whatever. They're paying a Chinese company X amount of dollars who then pays their workers shit, but they're not working at an Apple plant. So that's how they avoid get around that. You, you know, they get around it. And then on top of that, right. These kids that are just digging minerals out of the ground, the, who the fuck is paying them? Who knows? But it's just cheaper for Apple to do that than to pay people actual wages, eight hours a day in the United States. You're going to pay more for the product, but at least it's not attached to labor. That is morally reprehensible. Yeah. You know, and it's not just Apple. Again, I, we're using a lot of technology that is built in that type of system. The problem is people don't want to pay more money, but I guarantee you, people would. If you actually saw what was happening, you actually thought about it, yeah, I'd pay $100 more for shit or yeah. whatever it's going to be. You know what I mean? Apple will have to make less money. I don't care. They're still turning a profit. It's not like Apple's hurting. Yeah, apparently they have $120 billion on hand or something. Yeah, they have an insane amount of money. Pay... But yes, to your point, though, right. And then, you know, they're not even, you know, paying the proper taxes in the scheme that they've devised here. They're yes. Paying 0 0.005. Like they even moved to Ireland, which has low corporate tax rates. And then they've even worked a sweetheart deal, which is so, the, at the heart of this. So, so the thing is, the, so the, that's the, ridiculous. The 14 billion that is owed is the sweetheart deal, though. 
it, yes, what, theoretically what they're saying is between 91 and 2015 or whatever years they're, they're quoting, yeah, that, they, that Ireland should have been paid $14.5 billion over that time. They weren't. So they'll do that money, so it shouldn't affect anybody well, else if you they do are, it. And they aren't because here's what's here. You can't what's have at, your cake and eat it too. Well, here's what's that argument here and odds here. Ireland made the deal with Apple. They're like, we'd rather have Apple here paying 1% yeah. than not have Apple here paying 0%. So they make this deal but Apple's getting preferential treatment over other corporations that came there. And what the European Union Commission is saying is that you can't do this. You can't favor one business over another. It's illegal. It becomes state aid at that point, and that you're not allowed to do that. So <sighs> that's the issue. Now, I don't know it well enough to really like expound on it, but let's, you know, let's get to the heart of it. This is the problem. This is the, the problem. And that you know how we solve this problem? Donald Trump would do it. Ugh. Half percent. Half percent tax in America. You bring it back to America, we tax it a half percent. Well, that like really, like we want to bribe. Uh, that's the thing. You have to bribe these corporations to go set up shop in your country. No, instead of doing that, instead of being like, let's drop the corporate tax rate for X amount of time, so all these fucking companies will uh, repatriate their cash into the country. No, mm -hmm. what I would say is, if you want to leave this country, like if you want to leave the United States and pretend that you're headquartered in Ireland, so you yeah. pay lesser tax, fine. But you no longer sell products in the United States, so that's your choice. A oh, whole ban. You can keep. You can get taxed at five percent or one percent or point zero zero five percent. That's fine. You you. Keep, we should tariff the products. You keep way. We there's tariffs and things, but let me finish no. what I'm saying. Okay. You keep way more percentage of the money that you make. That's fine. But you're not allowed to sell them in the United States anymore. Let's see how many country. Let's see how many corporations want to leave. A lot. Or if you're the CEO of a country or a company that its uh, head office is supposedly in Canada or Ireland or wherever the fuck you want to go, the Cayman Islands, you you have to live there too. You have to live in the country of origin. They might Let's enjoy that though with the email. Well, okay, and all. but you know, yeah, I yeah, I bet uh, a lot of these people want to go live in Ireland. They don't want to live in the United States. a beautiful States. country. Bro. You think Tim Cook wants to go live in Ireland? No. You think he wants to live in California? I think he wants to live in California. Okay, that's my point. I don't know. That's how I feel about it. But like, let's stop pretending that they're doing us a favor. No, they exist only because of the consumers in this country and, you know, around the world, of course. But that's where they're making their money from. You owe us that money back. That's how it works. That's why we have a tax system in place to begin with. Yeah, but they don't, apparently they're immune to it. Well, yeah, they found ways around it, but you stop letting them off the hook. And to me, telling them to repatriate their money, their the well, money who's going to enforce that either? Because what do you do then? You 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 send an army to oh, well, this is what we Apple's doorstep and go give us the money? No, okay, but this is what we took. Well, here's the thing with this particular situation: if they if the appeal, um, you know, doesn't go through, like mm -hmm. if they if they're not able to appeal this thing successfully, they have to accept the money. There is no Ireland will have to accept the fourteen billion. Oh God! What they do with it is then going to be up to them, but they must accept it. I mean, there's not the to your point. Yeah, yeah. they're going to have to take it. Um. But yeah, I don't think we should be bribing the, the these corporations that make all their money off of the backs of of working class people all around the world, and in some cases less than working class, just super poor slave like conditioned people. Um, we we shouldn't have to bribe you to bring your money back into this country. No, you not know, at all. That's why we have a tax system. If you don't want to work in that tax system, that's fine. But you don't get to sell your products in this marketplace then either. You either accept our rules as a whole, oh, or you can't don't. sell it. That's how I would do it. I'm not going to say you what for six months you bring your your, your taxes back at one percent. No, fuck that because that they, they will do that then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but who cares? Then they'll just find another place to funnel it. Like you think that's just going to end it? They're going to bring their money? Give me no. a break. 
why we need Apple to bring the 14 billion or whatever, however much they have uh, offshore in other countries. 1% of that, it's not worth even bringing it back then. It's money though. Okay. Well, there's ways to go about it other than letting them uh, hold us hostage, essentially. And then be like, okay, fine. You can bring it back in, but a really low percentage. Fuck you. What I think would be an interesting spin, instead of every country itself, like deciding what to do, we should make a global economy because if it is a global market. Yeah, good idea. I think we've already done that, but you know, here's no, the other. No, with taxes in general too, totally, though. It but should be the, the same tax rate everywhere across the board. Yeah, okay. But that's the problem with the global economy. You gang up. In America, we supposedly have a standard of living that's been eroded over the years yes. because of you know unions being diminished and all this stuff. But at one point in this country, you could make a, if you worked 40 hours a week, you had certain benefits and you could live a, like a normal middle-class life. You could yes. afford a vacation. You could pay for your kids' schooling, whatever it was. You're not living extravagantly, but you live like a human being, mm-hmm. right? And there's protections for that. The problem with the global economy is that you have that normal human being now competing against somebody who lives in absolute poverty in Africa or China or whatever, and they are willing to work for 30 cents a day because it, it beats no eating laws. nothing. You know what I mean? It's it, That's the problem with the global economy. Yeah. And that's always going to be the case, and that's the issue with these global trade packs and whatever. You're pitting American workers against people who are nothing to the country that they live in. You know what I mean? They're, they're basically... They're less us. than human. Yes. This is the other point I'm going to make. We'll wrap up with this. Mm-hmm. What? It's not beyond the realm of possibility for the government to offer options. Go, look, you could pay... 15% tax or whatever, you know, whatever the rate's going to be, just like a, a very attractive rate. But you have to offer all your workers health care. You mm-hmm. have to provide them Housing, healthcare. maybe? Well, okay. Well, let's just start with this. You provide them health care. Or the workers that you have, you have to pay them a $20 minimum wage. Eight hour, you know, you have to, you have to yes. incentive. Like, if you want to pay less taxes, you figure it out. You do the math. Give them some options and let them decide. It's unfair. It's not unfair because the government represents us. Apple represents Apple. People like their iPhones. I like their products. I use them. But I'm not okay with the fact that they're able to get away with this shit constantly. And and again, Apple is just the example that we're using in this case, but it happens over and over and over again. And it feeds into the corruption in the system. Who do you think is donating money to these super PACs and all the shit? It's these major corporations that are just influencing... Yeah, absolutely. And when, what are they spending that money on then? They're spending it on the ability to lock up a system that represents us, supposedly, that ends up representing them. And they run the election, and they get the same people uh, into office, and around and around we go. And that's why change doesn't happen. It starts here. It's all fucking interconnected. That's it. Nicely said. Thanks. You want to talk about this piece of shit, Brock Turner? Um, I have to say something. I feel that you've been extremely harsh on Brock Turner, which you should be. But here is my question about Mr. Turner. How does he ever pay his debt to society where he can live a normal life? Well, Or does he automatically lose that right? Well, we're going to have this conversation. That's why I want to bring this stuff up. Start with he should have gone to jail for the proper amount of time. Okay. That's number one, yes. right? Because the only reason we know about this fuck is because, because of, the three of the three month thing or the six, it's a six month sentence. He served three months, but right. But that's why we know about yes. it. If he had gone to jail for a proper amount of time, we, it would know, have never came up. Then it's pretty, you're probably not gonna hear about it. Good. Justice was served. 
After serving three, by the way, I think, uh, cause I was reading a little bit, again, this is stuff that took place over the week, you know, the week that we didn't record. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were mad on Twitter and I read some articles that he's still being referred to as former Stanford swimmer or whatever, as opposed to convicted rapist Brock Turner. Cause he is a convicted rapist. He's not a Stanford swimmer anymore. One of those things is true. We should just, <laughs> every time we say his name, we should just say the rapist after. Right. So when I say Brock Turner, the rapist, that's yes. what we should say. Uh, what? But does it get to the point where we don't keep on reminding everybody of what he did? Yeah, of course. It just happened, though. You think 50 years from now, people are going to be like, fucking Brock Turner, that rapist. People are going to forget about it, right? Time will heal things. But it just happened, and people are pissed off about okay. it. And rightfully so. And it's also because the victim, remember we read all yes. of her, she was a, an eloquent smart person, brave person. That's why. So, okay, yes. fuck this guy. We're seeing a problem here. And yes, fairly or unfairly, but the guy is a convicted rapist. If you wanted to protect him from this shit, keep him in jail for longer. That's also separating him from the, the from the society that fucking hates him now. That is Good true. Good luck, buddy. You should have asked for more time. You should have admitted he did it. You know, like this is a garbage person. So that's why people are willing to jump on board. We'll have this conversation. Yes. After serving three months in jail for raping an unconscious woman behind a dumpster in 2015, Brock Turner returned home last Friday facing armed neighbors in Sugar Creek Township, Ohio, who protested his return. Now, I have a series of quotes here, and let's just read this. Micah Naziri, who's an armed protester, says, no one is going to shoot him unless we see him victimizing people. Even if the justice system fails, the community is not going to fail. All right, so that's the mindset of the people that are protesting outside his house. Yeah, the the mindset is that he is is a rapist, but he's automatically going to do it again. And they have to protect everybody in the community with guns. Well, they're allowed to have guns. Mm Mm-hmm. So they're protesting with their guns. That's all. I mean, okay. it's a, clearly a threat, right? Yeah, it's it a threat to the guy. But as long as they don't shoot him and they have licenses, they're allowed to have the gun out there. Okay. Right? I think it's overkill. Yeah, maybe it is. Well, but that tends to happen, right? But I don't feel bad. Like, here's the thing. On a human level, forget. Th- he deserves it. No, that's what I'm saying. On a human level, yeah, this kid is going to like live a really tortured existence for X amount of time now. But... He is a piece of shit rapist who did not get punished the way he should have never admitted to any wrongdoing other than I got drunk and you know, like he didn't admit that he raped her. That is true. He, no, he never showed any condolences. And let me tell you this. Meanwhile, a thousand newly released pages of trial transcripts have shed new light on the night of the rape. And I have a couple of quotes from that. Uh, it's See, not going to help him. It's not going to help him. Jeff Taylor, who's a deputy police officer, uh, this is his quote about approaching the victim, like when he came up mm-hmm. on the scene. He goes, I tried to verbally ask, you know, are you okay? Can you hear me? And I was getting no response. So I started doing it quite a bit louder, basically to the point of yelling at her to see if I could get any response whatsoever. And I didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that's how unconscious fucking drunk she was. Yeah, she was out. Yeah. Peter Johnson, who's one of the two graduate students who intervened, like that stopped what was happening. He goes, I noticed that he was smiling, referring to Brock Turner. Oh, So I said, why are you smiling? Stop smiling. I said again, what are you doing? She's unconscious. Brock Turner, this is on why he was smiling. He goes, I was laughing at the situation of how ridiculous it was. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's fucked up. This is a garbage person. This is a person that should be in prison probably forever right i mean mm-hmm. again i'm for the i'm for rehabilitation i am but he's not rehabilitated because he hasn't even admitted that he did anything correct so 
do while I understand the uh, just objective argument of like, all right, I mean, look, the kid did technically serve his time. He's out now. Is this something that should be happening to him? Should? Maybe not. Is it? Yeah. Yes. And do I feel bad for him? No, I, I, I just don't. So now he's registered as a sex offender. Right. Arguably served time. No, he served time. There is no argument. Okay. He did serve time. Not long Arguably, enough. Arguably, was it the right amount of time? That's the question. So but. how does he become a productive member of society? Well, look, he's good. Because who is going to hire a rapist? Well, he's going to have, well, here's the thing. He's going to have to find, he's going to have to do the work, seek out where that's possible. Mm -hmm. And if the fact that he assaulted someone in a brutal way affects him every time he goes to do that, that's the punishment. Like that's the, that's rightfully what should happen. It's a abhorrent thing that he did. He has to live with it for the rest of his life. It doesn't mean that he can't, change the way he is or feel bad about it or whatever he can go on to do things maybe he won't achieve the height that he would have had he not done this horrific thing and just for those 20 minutes like his dad said but yeah those 20 minutes are going to change his life forever and that's it he's just gonna have to deal with that reality how he chooses to deal with it will, will, will determine his character but that's it man he it's not like this is unfair that this thing should follow him around forever. He did a terrible thing. thing. And that's it. And he's going to have to figure out how to make amends for that or not or whatever for the rest of his life. That is what it is. Do you think his only ticket would be try to do the swimming? No, I, I, th I think that's completely over. You, you think that's automatically canceled? Yeah. I mean... Well, can not, he roll in another school? Well, first of all... Or, look, or, or can you be denied acceptance to another school because of... I don't know. Uh, previous convention. Conviction. I don't know. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of it. I would assume that he's probably not allowed to be within a certain percent, you know, uh, distance from certain things, from certain institutions or whatever. I don't know. He can do online courses. He can learn something. He mm -hmm. can, that's the thing. He can do work from home. He can just, do, he'll figure it out. Yeah. That's going to be up to him. And I don't begrudge him trying to put his life back together. He's a gar he's garbage. He's an animal. He shouldn't have done that thing. And it should affect everything that he does for the rest of his life. And it will. But if he can f f figure out how to work around it and get a job and whatever, then he has to. Then you have to allow him to do that. There's, I'm not saying he needs to no. be punished. But he's going to get this. This is going to come up. Now, on a personal level, do you feel that there is any woman out there that would even sure. th think about dating him? Yeah, there's women that want to marry Charles Manson. Of course, absolutely. Bin Laden had eight wives. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, there's somebody out there, of course. And maybe that's what he needs. Maybe he needs somebody that's going to, you know, nurture him and correct whatever the fuck is wrong in his head. But to me, this doesn't, like, you know, I want to be careful about how I say it. Mm -hmm. There are, I don't know, but we talked about it before. I could get as drunk as this kid was or whatever. And you would never do I'm that. I'm not going to rape somebody. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. So I don't want it to make it seem like, hey, he was drunk, he made a mistake. But like, this kid seems like even beyond that, he seems like a bit of a, a sociopath. His dad didn't take the right tone. And afterward. also the way he framed it in the trial yeah, it just doesn't and everything. Seem, it, he just seems off as a person. So maybe it is counseling. Maybe it's therapy, all this shit. Like, 
He's got to do the work now to figure out what the fuck happened, but take responsibility for it. All right. Which he hasn't done. Which he has not done. Finally, Stanford, in a classic miss the point move, has banned hard liquor at undergraduate on campus parties. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's Stanford's response to this. Not, oh my God. Not ex- like talking about the incident or explaining why this is dangerous or even talking, you know. No, like we're just going to get rid of the booze. Hard liquor. If it wasn't for the hard liquor. It wouldn't have happened. Let's let the let's let the victim have the last word on this. All right. Do you have anything else to say? No. Campus drinking culture. Down with Jack Jack Daniels. Down with Sky Vodka. If you want to talk to people about drinking, go to an AA meeting. You realize having a drinking problem is different than drinking and then forcefully trying to have sex with someone. That was from her statement. Yes, so let's let her have the final word on that. Yes. And she's correct. It's not a drinking thing. Does alcohol factor into poor decision making? Yes. But it doesn't make you a rapist, and it's certainly not, you know, the thing that they should be focusing on. Yes. Okay. Uh, what do we got here, Joey? You want to move on to the 2016 update? Yes, I do. All right. Let me tell you this, Kyle. Oh, because, yeah, this is going to be a little bit longer because we have the commander-in-chief oh, thing yeah, we'll yeah. get into. Kyle, uh, your email will come up next week, I promise. It's a, He sent me an article. I think that was written by Michael Shermer, I, I want to say. if I'm. Well, anyway, but it was an article written about like Islam not having a golden age. It was an article that I haven't read. Yeah, but that's not strictly true. It just happened longer ago, but whatever. But we'll get into that next week. But Mike, uh, Kyle, I promise we'll get into it. So let's, uh, let's do this 2016 update. Joe, you feeling good about this? Yes, I do. Um, 538.com where we're doing it every week. I only brought the polls only, Mm -hmm. uh, forecast because whatever, it gets repetitive after a while, but Hillary Clinton, according to the polls only forecast on 538.com, and you can go read what that rubric is by going to the website, has a 67.3% chance of winning the presidential election, while Donald Trump is at 32.6%, which is the highest percentage he's had in quite a while um, for a number of factors. So Yeah, he's fighting for those votes. Is he? I mean, I think it's really, it's Hillary losing them, honestly. I mean, it's a little bit of the convention bounce, which lasted very long, um, for settling her, yeah. in now. But... Let's be honest. I mean, this email shit keeps haunting her. It comes up in the goddamn presidential forum. So that's hurting her, I think. And, you know, everything's coming back to equilibrium. The election's only going to be decided by a few percentages. It's not, you know. If she could have spared headed that email situation a long time ago, she would be sitting so much prettier right now. It's ridiculous. Well, this is the problem with Hillary Clinton, though. And this is why, you know, so, she's so not somebody I support. Think about this, though. Something as stupid as emails is going to co- possibly could have cost her... The election. Yeah, but this is this is the it's not gonna cost her the election, but this is the this is the issue with her. She's not on the right side of things before they happen. She's only on the right side after, after things happen. happen. And that you know, she's a she is a a corrupted politician, you know, like she's very entrenched in the political system for decades. All right. That's why I don't support her, and that's why I can't support her. But I certainly given a a choice between her and Trump. She's the choice, okay? But, you know, the numbers are coming down to earth a little bit, and we'll see what happens. But I don't think that, you know, it's really in jeopardy at this point. And We're you're not the only one to make that choice. Okay. Well, what? Oh, the next thing, you know? Yeah. Get to? So the Dallas Morning... Very good transition, Joey. The Dallas Morning News endorsed Hillary Clinton on Tuesday. Its first Democratic presidential endorsement of a Democrat... In 75 years. I haven't been alive for that long. That's impressive. No, it's way longer than you've been alive. The last time the Dallas Morning News 
didn't endorse a Republican was in 1964 when the editorial staff was split between Johnson and Goldwater, so they didn't make a pick that year. So literally, in the entirety of this newspaper, Hmm. they've never endorsed a Democrat. Hillary Clinton is the first one in 75 years they didn't make a pick. Speaks volumes. Of course. I have a quote in the email. Would you like to hear it? Yes. We've been critical of Clinton's handling of certain issues in the past, but unlike Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton has experience in actual governance a record of service, and a willingness to delve into real policy. That's it, man. That's a home run. That hits the net. Well, look, how much does that matter? How much? Okay. But if you're paying attention to this type of stuff, that that sums it up in one sentence, two sentences. Well, here's my thing. That's Dallas, as in I'm thinking Dallas, Texas. Yeah, and it's actually Dallas, Connecticut. Yeah. No, you're right. And because it's Dallas, Texas, if they go Democrat. Well, it's not going to go Democrat. It's going Democrat. Not in this, not this election. It's not ten years, fifteen years. Absolutely. What well, you know? Uh, why do you think illegal immigration or immigration in general is a, is an issue for Republicans? Oh, because if there's more uh, Mexican people here, they're way more likely to vote Democratic because the Democrats are going to do something for them that Republicans are certainly not going to do. So this is a very damaging election for the future of you know the Republican Party. But okay. Meanwhile. Hillary Clinton has chosen ardent TPP supporter and fracking proponent who oversaw expanded Arctic Ocean drilling and the BP oil spill response, Interior Secretary and former Colorado Senator Ken Salazar to chair her transition team. He will identify, select, and vet 4,000 presidential appointments. Uh, yeah, it sounds it sounds very corruptiony. <laughs> it does sound it does. very corruptiony. That's why again, these are all reasons why I can't support her. It's a shame, but I can't support her. I just can't because she's so entrenched in the system. And then now this guy who is for TPP, which I'm certainly against, he's for uh, you know drilling in the Arctic, which is insane. He defends fracking. Like this is the guy that's now going to pick four thousand more people. They're going to fill out her cabinet. <laughs> To me, it sounds like she picks somebody who sides more with the Republicans than the actual Democrats. Well, look, she picks somebody that is capable, I think. Yes. The guy probably is capable of doing it. It's somebody she's friends with, somebody she knows. Mm-hmm. He's held, the, he was the Interior Secretary, so he's worked in these areas before. And yeah, look, it's somebody that knows the game, and he's going to play the game. It's not somebody that's going to buck the system like Bernie would have or whatever. So there, that, there you go. That's why. Hillary's not socially that bad. I mean, she's going to be fine, I'm sure, for many liberal people, for many Democratic people. But this is where she's really the problem. You know, she's entrenched in the system and she's going to keep the system going. She's not going to be the person that ends this corporate monopoly over our politics. It's not going to happen. It's not who she is. And it doesn't help when you have Trump running around, the system is rigged. Well, do you have a quote about that or something, or was it you just kind of throwing that out? I'm there? just throwing it out there. Yeah, I mean, Trump saying that the only way that she could win certain states is if the the election is rigged, is fundamentally dangerous to what this country is supposedly based on. Now, I can get behind the idea that our elections are not necessarily rigged, even though if you want to watch Hacking Democracy, which is a terrible documentary, a great documentary, but on a terrible subject, Hacking Democracy, I highly recommend it. Um, the election's not rigged in the purest sense of like they're rigging the voting booths. Uh-huh. But although again, go well, check you kind of are because if you can determine who who gets to vote. Well, well, okay, but those those are different factors. Trump saying that essentially this isn't 
that your vote doesn't count and the only way that this person wins is if it's rigged is a very, very terrible thing for him to be putting out there. I'm not saying that the system is perfect. I'm not saying that the will of the people is done all the time. That's not the case. But I do believe when I go vote, mm-hmm. they counted the vote. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, basically. Again, hacking democracy. I'll keep saying that. But, like, generally, right, when you vote, I believe that it, it counts. They're not just deciding who wins. Advertising helps do that. Lobbying helps do that. Okay, there's a lot of other issues. But the vote is the vote. You mm-hmm. go vote. They're, pretty, they're counting it by and large. That's a fucked up thing to say. And it's undermining of the entire democracy. Absolutely. The GEO group, Joey, which we talked about on the last episode, which is why I'm happy that I, I found this article as well. The second largest, largest private prison company in the United States gave $50,000 to Trump's super PAC, Rebuilding America Now, uh, for-profit detention centers. Do you think that's a bit of a... Um, that's a scratch your back thing. You know that. Well, it's a bit of a point of, of Trump's candidacy. You know, the, the wall, we're going to do this with illegal immigrants. We're going to put them in detention centers. Yeah. Interesting that a, a group that is definitely going to be responsible for building some of these detention centers donated to him. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that that's all. I mean, you could put the pieces no, together it, there. It, it's record it. Well, yeah, but we talked about it last week. We talked about private prisons. Of course. Why, why do you think this has become such an issue? It's not just about, it's not that Trump cares that, Mexicans are stealing poor white workers' jobs. First of all, they're not, number one. Number two, it's, yeah, I mean, whatever. It goes hand in hand, right? I mean, we <laughs> can, we can, do I have a, a thing for you? I could fill your private detention center tomorrow. Yes, he could. You know? Now, this is the thing that you're going to fucking lose your bananas about. This is the second to last thing we're going to talk about. Oh, no, and then we have the, uh, the commander-in-chief for him. According to the Washington Examiner, uh-huh, and an unnamed source close to Trump. Now, I'm going to preface this with that, right? The Washington Examiner, it's one source. <laughs> it's an unnamed source oh, that wait. they're quoting from. Okay, uh-huh. so I'm not saying this 100%. I, could, I did see other reputable sites discuss this, but it's a Washington Examiner exclusive thing. So I'm mm-hmm. all right. So I'm just saying that. The Donald plans on starting a news network <gasps> when he loses the election. D- yes. I, I could see it. Absolutely. Right. Right. He, he's got the brand. Roger Ailes yep. is now on board. What is Roger Ailes good at? Running news networks. Harassment. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. Sexually harassing everyone and anyone that works with him. Ailes. Mm-hmm. Steve Bannon, who's the guy that works at Breitbart. Oh. Oh, interesting. Why are these people involved? And Jared Kushner, who's the son-in-law. He's not running an election. He, he's running a company. You're right. He bought the New York Observer in 20, 2006, which is a newspaper, turned that around. So now he's got a bunch of these me- high-profile media people in his, quote, campaign. But really, it seems like what he's doing is yeah. setting himself up to start a news network that will, that will be like Breitbart, yeah. that'll be like Fox News. And what is he, he has call- about an audience that it already follows. Right, right. It's a split-off audience from Fox News. And what, is he, what has he talked about a lot during this election? The media is rigged. It's a joke. They don't cover so this. So he's going to put out a new Trump outlet, TV. Trump, Trump TV. TV. Start Trump TV. Why not? He's got an audience already. That's my motherfucker. <laughs> well, again, is this ironclad? No. No, but. but you could sort of yeah. see the pieces in place. That's incredible. It is incredible, yeah. He's not a dumb guy. That's the thing. He's not a dummy, but he's not going to be the president. <laughs> Matt's giving me the like, eh, maybe. Um, he's going to be eating Trump steaks for a while. Well, 
right, he can advertise his shit on his, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it all goes hand in, can be on every hotel room TV, you know? So anyway, so that's, that's an interesting thing, which I found, you know, we'll see what happens there, but that's a huge problem again for people on the right. That's a huge story though. It's a big story if it's true. You know, it's speculative. E- but it's, even it's if it's speculative, it, it, yeah. you know, it, as you said, it, it points to it. It's yes, yeah, so there, you can you can certainly see how it would happen if you know if there's truth to that. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting. And he did it in like a year. Yeah. He did right. it in a year. Well, because everybody said, look, if he loses, you know, he can just go, well, you know, they fucked me out of the election. And yeah, blah, it was blah, rigged blah. anyway. And he could be a, pr- a personality or he could just give his kids a goddamn news network. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he can go and talk on it all he wants and whatever. Yeah. Greta Van Susteren just left Fox News and Gretchen Carlson's available. Who knows? You know what I mean? There's and he did, it, and he did it in a year. That's impressive. If it, if it happens. But uh, yes, it's yeah. an interesting thing. Certainly going to keep my eye on that. Finally, Joey, Jill Stein and her VP, Ajamu Baraka, were charged with... What are you laughing? That's Sorry. A, it's a proud African name. I don't yes. know why you're... Charged with damaging equipment, criminal trespass, and criminal mischief during a protest in North Dakota. They spray-painted a construction vehicle. Now, I don't know how much coverage this has gotten, but Native Americans have been protesting a $3.7 billion, 1,100-mile back-in-shale pipeline project that they say violates sacred tribal sites. Pepper spray and dogs have been used to intimidate protesters, according to Jill Stein and other protesters that have been on the scene. That's vicious. Yeah, and also... They're using attack dogs, really? Well, sure. I mean, what does that harken back to? It's like, you know, sicking fucking German shepherds on uh, civil rights activists. Um, So, yeah, this is something that's going on in this country. It's another pipeline that they're building, which... Can we stop building the fucking pipelines after a while? It's clearly the way of the past. Clearly the way Mm -hmm. of the past. Um, And, again, it's violating sort of native sacred lands. And uh, We don't care about those lands. Jill Stein, the Green Party, my presidential pick who i'm voting for was out there with the people getting fucking arrested uh protesting this this pipeline and you know she would have known about apollo excuse me apollo damn it what what are you talking about i don't even the know. city what johnson city johnson city what apollo apollo oh 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 aleppo aleppo thank you God aleppo it, <laughs> hey, i don't have cut, it in front of me should we just cut that out <laughs> no uh apollo yeah apollo. Apollo. she knows about apollo um, I thought you were saying a pillow. I was like, but why? Because she's sleeping out there. I didn't know where you were going with that whole thing. Yeah, Aleppo. Yeah, Joel Stein 100% knows what Aleppo is for sure. Yes. You know what her plan is? Get out of there. Mm-hmm. But I would imagine that, and this came up in the Commander-in-Chief Forum, which is what we're going to close mm-hmm. with here. There should be some kind of humanitarian help that we could do, and that includes taking in refugees, sending aid doesn't necessarily mean arming anybody or fighting the war or getting involved militarily like both candidates talked about last night. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, Jill Stein probably has a a grasp on what's going on in Aleppo. Definitely. Um, All right, Joey, set up for me while I get everything prepared here, how this process works and what we're talking about this commander in chief forum. What's the process for my note taking and all that stuff? Oh my God. You did notes on the whole thing quick i have three notes one clip, oh, oh, but okay. because it was only an hour thing they only talk for 20 minutes each candidate so it wasn't like okay. a, a whole deal but you know. gotcha all right so chris process is a great process he puts himself in a bubble yeah shuts down twitter shuts down every possible media outlet yeah 
has no idea of what's happening. Goes to his TV. Because I don't want to be corrupted by what people are saying. And other opinions. Right. He goes, he goes and he watches this farm by himself and he takes notes. That's right. And he has blessed us with these notes. <laughs> Correct. Uh, all right. So, again, this is the Commander-in-Chief Forum, which was on NBC News, hosted by Matt Lauer, who's like a fucking, I don't know. He's a mediocre. I was told he did good. He did all right. I mean, where'd you hear that? MSNBC. Yeah, he did okay. I mean, it wasn't phenomenal. But uh, basically, there's military people in the audience. They're at, they get to ask questions to mm-hmm. Hillary and Trump, who did not appear on stage together. They just went back to back. Which is a great form because these qu- questions would otherwise not be asked. Well, they could be asked. You go, hey, you go first, <laughs> you go second. I, I mean, the, with the veterans, normally... Nothing was asked at this thing that, that you know, couldn't have just been asked by a, a person with a brain about... what. Not, <laughs> not that I'm saying that the military people are stupid. I'm just saying yes. these questions are carefully selected, and it's not like okay. they asked them anything that they wouldn't have you know, kind of expected coming their way. This is my thing about Hillary. I don't even have any Hillary clips. Hillary defended a lot of her bad decisions, Iraq, Libya, et cetera, by saying Trump did the same thing, which is not a genius strategy. Hillary going, well, my opponent did had the same thought about it. Okay. So you and Donald Trump are the same. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's not. Why it's would not you good. defend yourself that way? What a, what a, what a poor strategy that is. <laughs> I also got to say, Hillary did not impress me just apples to apples against Trump. Trump was terrible too, but Hillary did not blow him out of the water in this thing in an area where she clearly has the advantage, which is foreign policy. She was the secretary of state. She served in multiple administrations. You know, she should have been able to clean his clock here, but she didn't. And that does, I got to be honest, concern me a little bit that she wasn't able to, you know, appear, way more credible than him. Well, I hope this is just not foreshadowing in the debates. Well, that's what I'm concerned about. Yeah. Because, that, because again, I don't really believe that these things change people's minds. I think if you don't know who you're voting for now, you're probably just not going to vote or you're going to vote for Trump. Like, you have to know. There's clear differences between the two mm-hmm. of them, at least just on social policy. Forget about record of, like, accomplishment and being in office. Or capable, for that matter. Forget that. Take that out of the equation. Even if you don't understand who's more capable, like you can go, oh, well, she was a senator. She was secretary of state. She was in the White House as first lady. Like she's been around this more than Trump has. Yes. Period. And okay. So anyway, she did not appear to me, which is frustrating. She did not appear to me more presidential. Not even president. It's just, it's hard to say. It's just like an error that she gave off. She didn't come, like if it was Obama or whatever. I feel like it would have been like, oh, well, that guy knows what he's talking about. She appeared defensive about everything. And granted, hmm. they asked her questions where she probably needed to be defensive, but she never, I don't know, just it, it, she didn't do as well as I would have imagined she would have done in this scenario, which should be a little disconcerting to people that aren't going to vote for her and for people who are sane and think that she's the only option here as president. Donald Trump, 35 minutes into this thing that we're watching. This is Donald Trump on intelligence briefings. All right. And this is a, Really, there's a lot of things that I could have picked out on Trump, but this is something that I really find weird uh-huh. and troubling and should be a fucking red alarm for everybody for, for everybody um, that's going to vote for him. Just here's Donald Trump now talking about intelligence briefings. Recently, you recently received two intelligence briefings. Yes, I did. Did anything in that briefing without going into specifics shock or alarm you? Yes. 
Did Very you much learn so. new things? First of all, in I, that I have great respect for the people that gave us the briefings. We were they were terrific people. They were experts on Iraq and Iran and different parts of the and Russia. But yes, there was one thing that shocked me. And it just seems to me that what they said, President Obama and Hillary Clinton and John Kerry, who is another total disaster, uh, did exactly the opposite. Did you learn anything in that briefing, again, not going into specifics, that makes you reconsider some of the things you say you can accomplish, like defeating ISIS quickly? No, I didn't learn anything from that standpoint. What I did learn is that our leadership, Barack Obama, did not follow what our experts and our truly, when they call it intelligence, it's there for a reason, what our experts said to do. Howard. And I was very, very surprised in almost every instance. And I could tell, I had pretty good with the body language, I could tell they were not happy. Our leaders did not follow what they were recommending. Ooh. Is he an eighth grade girl? Yes. That he can sit. He's reading body language. He can sit in an intelligence briefing uh-huh. and he can tell by who, I don't know who gave the, the, the briefing to him, but I'm assuming generals. Like yes. People who are higher up in the intelligence community. Who've he, been in the military, who are taught to stand a certain way. Yeah. He can, uh-huh. t- stoic typically these yes. people are described as, he, he can tell by sitting there that they're not happy with Obama and that they're like, oh, please, Mr. Trump. He can read people's eyes and minds. Are you fucking crazy? That's not, that's dippy con man shit. That's insane. That that is just- He is a con man. It's crazy talk. I've been saying that. And the other thing that's scary about it, he goes, no, I didn't learn anything. Really? You got a top secret national security briefing- And you learned nothing. That you've never gotten in your life and it changed nothing. You're dead right about everything? Yes. Come on, man. He's never wrong. This is a scary guy. Yeah. And- Man. But if he's never wrong, it's a great media outlet. He's got oh, his opinions, you're and yeah. you're gonna follow him. Yeah, well, right. I mean, but that right, but that's why he'll be good at that. Hopefully, you know, he gets nowhere near the Oval Office. Um, yeah, that's a weird. That's a that's a strange one to me. It's also, eh, whatever. We don't have to get into the whole thing. This, this wasn't. No, 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 let's go. I didn't. No, it's fine. I didn't. I have another thing that we can talk about, uh-huh. but I didn't find this to be. Good, you know, there's a quick hour. There's a little appetizer before some of the debates, but this wasn't, yeah. uh, you know, informative about either candidate. You're like, no, nothing if anything, changed. you you just see Trump have to answer questions that he obviously can't answer because he has zero foreign policy knowledge experience. He just doesn't answer any of the questions, you know. So for you, the needle didn't move. No, and, and, and you can't see how it would for anybody else. Nah, I mean, wh- wh- how many people even watch this? I can't, I can't imagine. I, I don't have the numbers yet. I mean, it's an N- as NBC, unless it was on NBC. I don't know. But whatever. I can't imagine that many people watch this thing. So, no, I don't see it moving the needle. If anything, if there are even people out there that are, like, on the fence about whether they could trust Trump, this should have been a bit of an alarm for you, you know. But, the whole vitamin prudent thing, too, they were talking a lot. Yeah, why don't you talk about that? Good. Uh, uh, Trump had great, great admiration for uh, vitamin prudent. Plutin. Nope. Plutin. Putin. Putin. And said that he would take any compliment given by him. Yeah, because they said, because Matt, yeah, but again, I mean, well, these are the fucking softball idiot questions that Matt Lauer's asking. Vladimir Putin said that, you know, you're a brilliant guy, but, you know, he's a terrible person. Do you, do you accept that compliment? Trump's like, yes, I take it. <laughs> I take it. You know, it won't affect me at all, but yeah, whatever. Just if you want to watch it, guys, it's available online, but it wasn't really worth it. It's nothing new. If you're going to take bets, yeah. What is your bet that Trump can be directly um, 
so-called, not so-called, uh, found to have relations with Vladimir Putin and his taxes. Percentage? What? I mean, I, do, yeah. I doubt that. Look, I'd be shocked if there's a direct link between the two of them. Honestly, like uh, like dirty dealings. I mean, yeah, a direct could direct, be clean. Nah, direct link between Putin and Trump. I bet there isn't one, but okay. I bet there's some link between Trump and Manafort and Putin. And Manafort right for guy. him. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Like, there's something going on definitely with Trump and Russia. I, I can't say definitely. I don't know that for sure, but it seems like there's something going on there. But no, I mean, come on. There's the he's I believe smart enough and savvy enough to cover his tracks that that way i bet you know but who knows who the fuck knows WikiLeaks. let's get on it mm. let's get let's get some materials out there F- let's close with this this is the last thing some trump said that i th- think should be be news he said he'd allow an illegal immigrant who wants to serve in the military to stay or he'd quote try to work that out but he thinks it's a very special thing uh the military and that if an illegal immigrant is here and they plan on joining the military and they're able to get into the military he'd allow them to stay in the country which seems to go against fucking everything he said so far. But, but he loves the troops so much that he's willing to, to well, help the troops I guess out. those Mexicans are patriotic enough. I guess we'll let them stay. Yeah. Anyway, I'm tired, Joey. There's a lot. It was a great episode, though. That was good. I'm really happy to uh, be back talking about this stuff. Kyle, I promise next week I will get to it. We'll probably start with that. All right. Okay. Um, that's about it. You got anything to say to the Samsonite show? You happy to be back here? Uh, I just want to mention that there was one major passing while we were away, and we need to mention it. Uh, Gene Wilder did pass away. Yes, yes. Gene Wilder, fantastic. Uh, just a brilliant actor. Some of the best movies ever. Young Frankenstein, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Blazing Saddles. Yep. Uh, just terrific. Yeah. He'll be missed. Uh, good job, Joey. Good job bringing that up. And uh, there you go. Rest in peace, Gene Wilder. Samsonites, unite. Go on iTunes, rate, subscribe, leave a comment, let people know that you like the show. Uh, we really appreciate that. You can also go on soundcloud.com slash samson. You can leave a comment there. Email us, mandatorysamson gmail.com. I am mansamp, M-A-N-S-A-M-P on all social media platforms. Joey is at Joey from Jersey. I'm pretty much everything. Jersey's course spells with a z uh i'd like to thank matt first time in the room uh, yep, producing the program. You, how'd you feel about it feels pretty good right yeah it feels pretty good oh my wow <laughs> rousing <laughs> endorsement of the program uh thank you matt we appreciate your help buddy uh samsonites we love you we're happy to be back we'll be back next week next friday with msp 96 who knows what we'll be talking about but i guarantee it'll be interesting can't guarantee that uh but Please come back. We love you. We'll talk to you then. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts and find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Yeah. Yeah.